Hello, I'm Joshua. And I'm Leah. And we would like to thank you for listening to the Reasonably Prepared Podcast. A preparedness resource for the complete beginner. We are here to help you on your preparedness journey. Without the paranoia, fear, and doomsday often associated with preparedness. If you find our podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a comment letting us know. And now, on On to to the the show. show. Okay. Good morning. I think we're going. We're ready to go. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm awesome. How are you this morning? Are you I'm awake? Good. You woke I'm up. awake. What time did you got up considerably earlier than me this morning? Mm-mm. Oh, well, I got up earlier than you, but not early enough for myself. Oh, uh, were you awake at all for the storm that rolled through last night? Um, I heard it faintly. I was up. It was a pretty awesome storm. I came it? down, watched it out of the window for a while. It oh, wow. Dumped for quite a while with lots of light. I haven't seen a storm like that in a while. Oh. It was a really good thunderstorm. Well, good. Now I don't have to water my tree. No, you shouldn't have to water anything out there today. It dumped rain. Buckets of rain. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Excuse me. Okay. Well, welcome to the Reason to Be Prepared podcast. Welcome back to Reason to Be Prepared. We are grateful that you tune, <laughs> that you listen. You just dated yourself. I did it again. Every podcast, uh, one of the listeners uh, told me personally, he says, no, no, say it every time. Do it every single time. And because he he's got like six years on me. He's like, nope, I want to hear tune in. <laughs> I want to I still feel like when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm listening to a radio. I'm like, well, it's not a radio. You're not tuning in anything. He's like, I don't care. Just say it every time. I l- it makes me, it comforts me. And I accidentally said it this time again. That's funny. Yep. Okay. So today we're talking about something that we are actively having to put into practice for the last several weeks. Several weeks. But before we do, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I've been actively putting this into practice for the last 10 years. Well, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes we, okay, saying that, of course, this is something that we actively practice and work on and talk about mm-hmm. that doesn't get talked about a lot, almost no. non-existent. Mm-hmm. Within I've the never really heard people talk about this As far this as topic. preppers are concerned. You know, it, kind of indirectly, so there's one channel I follow called the Warrior Poet Society, and he does talk about it extensively. Oh, okay. Um, because his... His whole branding, his whole stick is being a warrior poet in society, being a sheepdog, being always prepared and ready to protect somebody else, uh, to lay your life down for somebody else, and and to have your body and your mind be physically present and uh, and spirit, your spirit, your mind, body, and spirit being uh, strong enough to handle whatever comes at you in any moment, right? So he does harp on it quite a lot, and all of the training that he does is kind of centered around making sure his mind, his spirit, and his body are exercised. And so really what we're talking about is fortitude, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I just called areas. it limits. You called we it want limits. to talk about limits today. So and when we talk about fortitude or limits, we're, gonna, we're talking about spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional. And to some degree, I guess you can even isolate, say, relational, but there it already is kind of... 
I would consider relational kind of grouping in with emotional. Mm, I would right. also add an element of your intellectual. Intellectual, uh, right. right. Uh, or knowledge. So you're knowledge saying base. limits. I'm saying fortitude. And uh, another way we describe mm -hmm. this when we're speaking with each other and with people is to say um, the adjective we use a lot is capacity. Mm -hmm. your, your, your capacity, your spiritual capacity, your mental capacity. What, what are you able to handle, to endure, uh, and to exercise and to still operate well within the limits, right? Mm -hmm. So some of our limits are, well, limited and some are wider open. Um, and so we've come up against them many times in our marriage and our relationship and relationship with our children and then physically with our you know what we used to call remember living in a Volkswagen? Yeah. Or physically we're used to. Because for those of you who don't know us, we, we spent quite a lot of time in the first couple months of our marriage literally living in a Volkswagen. Yeah. So when you live in a Volkswagen, you learn to live in a very limited amount of space and things get shuffled around at any time so that mm -hmm. you can sleep. So to sleep, you've got to move this over here. And then to cook, you've got to move it back over here. And then to eat, you've got to put the table up and put the seat down and you're constantly trying to fit into a Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know what I didn't do? I wanted to start off the show by pitching and announcing to any listeners. And if you're watching on YouTube, we have merchandise. Oh. I'm wearing, you, you compliment my shirt. Yeah, you are. Th that's a very nice shirt. Where did you get it? Well, Funny you should ask. I got it at www.reasonablypreparedcom Oh. Which right now we're having the website built, but it's going, it goes straight to the merch so store, which is, you know, one of, on one of the print on demand companies. We're not, they're not a sponsor. So FYI, they're not a sponsor. It's Teespring. Um, but you can go there and get our reasonably prepared t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirt hoodies both pullover hoodies and zip-up hoodies and they say they have some have the logo all the way across some have a small logo but the most popular one we're finding i'm going to hold it up here hold on i know if you're listening you can't see it but on camera the youtubers are going to be able to see it this is our most popular here boom and it's a nerdy math equation yeah it says prepared does not equal paranoid yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's a become, lot of people like that dude, one. It's, yes. So far, it is the top seller. So please head over to reasonablyprepared.com and buy a Christmas present for somebody or a birthday present for somebody with the reasonably prepared logo or the prepared does not equal paranoid. We have others that say prepared, not paranoid um, that people like, but the prepared doesn't equal paranoid is the most so far the one people like it the most and we'll be putting more up there i know i've been had requests for mugs so i'm gonna be trying to design a mug with our product manager caleb <laughs> our design engineer caleb uh if you want mugs let me know i've already been told you want mugs i've just got to get on that and and do it so go to reasonprepared.com order some t-shirts wear them proudly and let people know that you are prepared for whatever comes back back to fortitude okay back so to fortitude Lita, you have uh, that was a little bit of a stick in my bicycle wheel <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just letting you know that's fine 
Well, that's that's always fun. I was thinking <laughs> about fortitude. I know. I keep and I got, I got sideswiped by swag. Yep. It, it happens. But hey, when you fall off the bike, your adrenaline goes, and then you can keep going. I don't know if that's a good enough analogy. Anyway, so generally speaking, this doesn't get talked about enough, I believe, and I, I, we, I, I like it's super duper important. Um, to talk about this and to consider it and to exercise in this, these arenas, exercise like you would your muscles, your spiritual limits, your fortitude, your emotional, your physical, you know, health and wellness, physical muscles, physical body. So um, it looks like you have some notes. I do have notes because this is a very interesting topic for me. It's sure. a topic that I have a lot of personal experience with. And I actually have a lot to say about it. Awesome. So go for it. Okay. Well, go for it. Uh, do we want to tell, do we want to give a breakdown too of how crazy it's been for literally for the last few weeks um, and what prompted us to, to bring this up as a topic on the podcast? I again? think it's going to come up naturally in the course of as we're talking. It's going to come up. What will? What would? Yeah, what we've okay, been awesome. dealing with. So. Sweet. Some of the examples that we have because right. they're examples. So I personally have three areas when we're talking about fortitude that I want to talk about mm -hmm. directly. And those three areas are emotions, your emotional capacity, mm -hmm. um, physical limits, and then your intellectual limits, knowledge base limits. And... I want to talk about emotions first. Got it. So emotional capacity, let's define this for a minute. Okay. Emotional capacity is your capacity to handle life. Right. That's the basic. As it comes at you. Definition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your ability to handle life as it's happening, as it's happening around you, to mm -hmm. you, with you, for you, however you want to sure, describe it. Sure. Because say, you know, life happens <laughs> to me. You know, and other, others will argue... Well, life happens for you. You know, there's a reason for everything, you know, and right. And sometimes it's probably just a gentle balance of the two where sometimes stuff just does happen. And then sometimes, yes, things are happening on your behalf. Uh, and it's, you know. Right. Your responsibility to figure them out and uh, respond accordingly. So emotional capacity. OK, so somebody who will define what this kind of looks like for a minute. So someone, a person who has a low emotional capacity for life, mm -hmm. the typical <coughs> signs that you're going to see for that is someone who gets overwhelmed very easily, very fast and very fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they either go into what I call panic mode, yeah. which is where they start kind of freaking out and um, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't. And this is, you know, and they start kind of breathing heavy and kind of doing the wide eyed. You know, they're starting to, which is what I call panic mode. The voice right. goes up. The extreme overwhelm starting to. Yeah. Kind of the first one of the first hallmarks is what you're saying. Extreme overwhelm. Overwhelm. Which we see it in people a lot. You and I do. Oh, I see it ourselves. I'm not saying we're perfect. And then sometimes what happens is what exactly what you're saying followed through also their mind shuts down and start, they only start thinking of bad outcomes. Bad, 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 bad. Right. Well, there's two different ways that people yeah. get overwhelmed. So that's one of them. And then the other way is complete shutdown. Right. And you can't talk to them. You can't, they, they can't, they can't 
have a conversation about anything, they are, a switch has been hit and they are disconnected into their thought world or checked out maybe or checked out could be another yeah another way to express it and so what's interesting about um you and i is that we both get overwhelmed in those two opposite ways right so when you get overwhelmed you go into panic mode my mind races there's a lot trying to figure out It, it there's it's like Every thought that I could give comes into my mind and begins to flood, and I'm like forced, trying forced to sort through all of them instantly. Yeah. His uh, physical presence gets uh, more agitated, and you know he physically moves around a lot more and is kind of rushing from one thing to the other, and it has has these very wide eyes and this like intense you sometimes you're like this yeah, intense like, look well, yeah, yeah super very, very high energy intense yeah. very intense and energy yes and i do the exact opposite where i i have to shut down i have clam to shut up. down i can't have a conversation with someone when i'm in well extreme overwhelm i've i've been disciplining myself a lot in mm-hmm. the last 10 years to even if it's just okay, okay. And I think part of this has to do with uh, the natural processing speed of certain people. People who tend to be slower processors are going to shut down when they're overwhelmed. Because, and you have to think out of it in this way, you've got this onslaught of information. Something just happened that was very negative or very big this very right. big thing, a crisis or something like this just happened. Right. And a slower processor, a person who has a slower processing speed, is looking, it's like trying to take an elephant and shove it through a funnel. Right. It's just not working. And so they, they have to shut down so that that information can slowly be fed through and they can process it and make sense out mm-hmm. of what's coming through. Whereas a person who typically goes into panic mode, I feel like they are a faster processor in just in real life and everything is coming at them at once and they're processing and receiving everything that's coming at them at once, but their inability to think rationally about it and to make accurate judgment calls kind of goes out the window right properly compartmentalize what's because it's too fast it's too fast it's too fast and they're making decisions snap decisions that might not have all the information there Mm -hmm. you know the recourse of them happening is happening in real time as well so now we're having to figure out okay i just made that decision now how is it affecting the rest of the decisions i just made oh crap did i make the right decision or the wrong decision you know in this moment um as opposed to not making a decision at all which Both of them could be detrimental. Right. 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 And so why is this important? Why is this important when we're talking about preparedness? Well, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Right. Right. Well, (laughs) this is super important, people, when it comes to preparedness, because in a time of crisis, number one, you need to know which one you are. Okay, sure, and, I'll, and, and I'll get to yeah. that in a minute. So you need to identify which one you are so that you can start training yourself mm-hmm. to properly deal with 
that kind of response. And like I said, I'll get to that in a second. Cool. But you also need to know how the people around you are. Because as soon as you see this person's shutting down, this person's freaking out, and you need to know how to deal with that. Right. How to handle that, how to help that person. Um, a person who's in panic mode in a crisis needs to be removed from the situation. Yeah. Because most of the time, yeah, a person who is, and I'm talking about full-blown panic mode, where they're going into hysteria, um, you know, it's the stereotypical, get it together, man, (laughs) slap him across the face, you know, kind of situation. But for a time, they need to be removed to calm down. Right. They need to go, they need to go to a separate place where they can chill out. For, yeah, even if it's just for a yeah. short period of time, right? Yeah, even if it's just for, it might even be just for a couple minutes. The ideal situation, because, see, Ari, we're ne- I don't think that we're ever going to completely get rid of this response. Like, whichever response you are, mm-hmm. I don't think, I mean, maybe, I don't know, I guess we could talk to Navy SEALs or you know, other people who have gone through extensive training. You know, the Jason Bournes. To how to, right? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know about those guys. Right. But I'm just saying your average Joe, I don't think it's really possible for them to completely get rid of. Like it will never, you'll never get rid, completely get rid of that panic mode. Com- overwhelm. But here's what, here's but what we you learn can do. It. Yeah, you learn how to manage it. And this is where the talking about limits comes in. Mm-hmm. You learn how to push against those limits to make yourself bigger. Right. Because the point is that if you can, if you can push your limits to increase your capacity, mm-hmm. then it takes bigger and more drastic stuff to rattle you. Mm-hmm. And your normal average stuff or even even like a um something that's not average or normal it's not going to disrupt you quite as much because your capacity is bigger it takes more well, let's, to tip you over yeah super practical though let's like super practical and give real life so i'm reminded right now of when we ran out of water Yes. You know, we had no water, zero water. Okay. Well, hold on. You got to give some background. So here we are. We live in Northern California. Right, right, right. And we were living there during the drought. They had a a really bad drought. This would have been like eight years ago. And we had moved out onto some property and our house was connected to a well. And with a tank, with the well had a, uh, it sat up on top of a hill. So it was fed by gravity. Um, and well, the well was not fed by gravity. The, the well wasn't, was an actual well. Mm-hmm. And then it stored water in 1500 a gallons. 1500 gallon tank. And then that tank sat up on top of a hill and the water would, was gravity fed. It would run down the hill and supply our house with water. Right. Well, during this drought in, by August, it was not uncommon for there to simply not be enough water coming out of the ground to fill the tank, to fill this tank. And so we had only, I think it was the first or second summer that we had lived there. Right. When I opened up the tap and no water came out. Right. And, and back up even a little bit more. We, we, knowing that it could happen, 
and mm-hmm. attempting and working on our preps. I'll call mm-hmm. it our mm-hmm. big preparedness. Mm-hmm. I install we we together. I say I we installed a 2,500 gallon rainwater harvest system. Yes. Okay. So we had a 2,500 gallon tank and it was full of water as well. Yes, it so was. It that's did true. have water in it. Yes, that is true. Yeah. So w- what I'm getting is we did think ahead and, w- and 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 we told ourselves, well, if we ever run out of water, now we're good. Yes. Right. Yeah. So and this is important it's because important because it it creates some security, mm-hmm. but to some degree a false sense of security as well because you don't know number one. I'll go over this in another podcast when we start talking about water, but you consume considerably more water than you ever considered that you do mm-hmm. on just basic life. People, mm-hmm. we consume 20 times more water than we understand that we do, generally speaking, because it's a, it's so convenient, right? We don't. Yeah, we, we really don't know granted. how much water we're actually consuming. So that's yeah. number one. Uh, but number two, this is specifically what you're talking about when you're talking about uh, the mental, either fortitude or your mental limit. Mm-hmm. Yes, we ran out of water. Now, I'm at work. And you and your stay-at-home mom at four four children homeschooling. So you are sole proprietor of managing the house itself. We're talking laundry, dishes, cooking, clean, clean. Right. You know, you know, you're 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 the manager of this, right? And you do a spectacular right. job, by the way. Thank you. You're oh, awesome. Oh, you're welcome. You are a blessing to us. But go over with because there was a short period of time we run out of water. We're like, well, I guess now we're going to have to figure out how to use this rainwater harvest, right? So we started. Right. Well, what was happening is we were using, and, and this is, this was fine. You know, we're like, oh, okay, we, we don't have water. We don't have water now. You open the taps, nothing comes out. Right. Okay. So we had those, I think they're like two-gallon plastic containers with the little spigots on them they're you five. get at the store. They're five. Those are five gallons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like Ozarka. They say Ozarka on Oh, them. those little guys. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the big ones that I get no, for no, storage. No. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. these the, are like the little ones yeah, like that lay flat and, and, you know, mm-hmm. people have them at parties yeah. and you you pull out the little spigot on the yeah, side yeah. and, you know. Okay. Well, we had a number of those. Mm-hmm. And great. No problem. I set it up on the side of the sink and I got really good at just opening it, rinsing something off, you know, using it to wash dishes, using it to wash hands. It was super handy to have that little spigot right mm-hmm. over the sink. Um, we were using water from the rainwater system to flush the toilets. Yep, to fill up the toilets, mm-hmm. right. And then, and at this point, we didn't know how long this would last. And so, and, and looking back, it didn't actually last for that long. It, it was, was total, three days. Okay, so zero water. Once again, we threw it was, zero water for three days, then slow production for a few days. And then it was about a week later that production came back enough to go back to normal life. Right. But the where, where I hit my wall was when I realized, because, of course, I didn't know this. I didn't know that we were not going to have water for only three days. If I had known that, it would have changed it completely. Mm-hmm. But... That's the thing about by crises. Three. You don't know when they're going to end. Right. Um, we don't, you know, only hindsight's twenty twenty. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at this situation and I realize we, we have to laundry. do laundry. We are running out of clean clothes and we're six people. How are we gonna do this? Six yeah. people on pro- on in the country. Right. And so Josh says well, well, you're going to have to put water in the bathtub and wash the clothes by hand in the old bathtub. School. Old school style. And I was like, we did it when we were kids. And you were like. I, ju- I just remember, I remember staring at him like, 
you have got to be out of your mind. I mean, do you know how much laundry we're dealing with here? I, I, all, the, the moms out there, mm-hmm. you know, can I, I get like, an amen? Because there's like... I'll hang lines in the backyard. Piles, gonna... piles of clothes and towels and outdoor country kid clothes. all They're this filthy. yeah very dirty and i just stared at him and i absolutely was i will i am not doing that i will not put laundry i am in not doing that the whole idea of bending over a bathtub scrubbing my clothes and it might sound like oh my gosh you just do what needs to be done yeah, but, but after, no, to be fair, but, after three days of figuring things out. Right, but by that time, I had reached, and this is the point of this story, yes. I had reached the limit of what I c- could emotionally handle at that moment. I had reached my boundary, and I was done. You and I was completely literally done. literally just stared at me, and it was uncomfortable for a moment. I'm like, well, that's, it's like, we did it when I was a kid. And I was like, nope. You stomp on them and you hang them, wring them out and put them outside. And I will take all of that laundry and I will put it into my vehicle and I will take it all the way into town and I will wash it at a laundromat. That is what I'm going to do. Is that what I can't remember now? Is that what you did? I did. We didn't actually do it because the water started coming back. Um, But that is what that was my response to you. And so, of course, in a question. bigger crisis, if there had been no laundromat, uh-huh. so you know, the, 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 the next question would have been, let's say the, the drought had had hardened even more and we weren't the only people running out of water well, because the, the area we're in was also starting to ration out water. You weren't allowed to water your the, mm-hmm. the, 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 we lived like 35 minutes outside of the city. It was a small town. Small city. Small city, right. Um, so And it was way out there. We didn't really have any neighbors that we could see or, or anything, for all intents and purposes anyway. Um, but at the time, that city and the state itself were beginning to shut down water usage in general. You weren't allowed to water your, your yards anymore. They were telling you your water. If you did, you were getting fined. They were taxing wells within the city limits you know yeah it was it, it was it there wasn't any way to know so what, I, what i'm getting at though is we you hit that wall right mm-hmm. and thankfully thankfully we didn't have to live past that few days and our water started coming back and mm-hmm. we were we were reasonably good right mm-hmm. but if <coughs> if the the city or the state or any municipalities did start um rationing water more and you're not allowed to go to the laundromat now mm-hmm. you know you got to think to yourself, are you cap- like today, right now, are you, do you think you're capable of doing it? If something, there was a town, I can't remember exactly where it was. I don't want to look it up. Um, somewhere in the, the Midwest or, or maybe even slightly close to the East Coast, and their water supply was, went bad. The, mm, the whole city's mm-hmm. water supply went toxic. Yeah, we that's had, another possible scenario. That's not, that's not that far fetched, right? And and I know? meant I honestly meant to look it up to bring it up, and it, it went completely toxic. They had no water, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not like it's completely far fetched for anybody anywhere to run out of water. No, but today, you know, w- would you say that your mental capacity in this arena, because if it had been longer term, and let you did go to the laundromat, thank goodness you were able to do that. I can't remember where you go in the laundromat, but even still, um, you know, if they'd have said no, you're not allowed to do that either. We, we would have been forced to do laundry the old right. school way. Right. We would have. And I and I would like to say that at this point, I would um, 
I would handle it the, probably the same way that I handled the break-in. So we had a break-in, yeah. you know, last week. And was it last week or the week? Yeah, it was about so a little what, over a week ago where we were out camping. And on our drive home, we get a phone call from the Waco Police Department mm-hmm. saying, hey, your neighbor called. Some people broke into your house. And they they've, dragged out a whole bunch of stuff and piled it on the fence next to your house. They, and they were sleeping That's, in your home. And they, Yeah, they were sleeping and hanging out in your house. Like there was a mug of milk on the counter. I mean, they literally oh. were like moving in. <laughs> oh, gosh. And you so, feel really vulnerable, too, when that happens. I didn't feel vulnerable. I was very angry. Oh, I know you're angry, but you feel like when I say vulnerable, it's like uh, my house is just. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of understand. But in this particular moment, there was no off. vulnerability involved. I was just really mad. And so but in that in that initial moment from the time that we got the phone call. That was one of because I didn't have enough information to process anything. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what was missing. If anything. If anything. What what had they actually done? Because all we knew is that the house was a mess. Well, it wasn't a mess when we left. Right. So what did they do? We knew they broke two windows. Well, what does that mean? Because we have very old windows. Did they break the glass? Did they smash the, you know, 104-year-old wooden Original windows. Uh, original from the house, window. Right? You know, um, what are those called? Those divide the div- wooden dividers on the inside of the window. They're, yeah, they, they have, have a name, and I can't ornate, remember what they are. But ornate windows that are, were custom made a hundred years. You ago. know, did they break that? And if they did, oh my goodness, how, how am gonna I going to f- how am I going to fix that? Who who am I going to even call? Who does that? You know, right? Um, all of these questions, and they all involved unknowns because we didn't have enough information to make any sort of decision or to uh, move forward. So I knew in that moment that I felt I could feel that, that shutdown starting to happen. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also, I, because I've identified that that is my overwhelm response and because I've been dealing with it and I've been training myself and I've been working with myself for the last 10 years, I knew I knew that this is what was happening inside of my mind. I knew that I just needed to, I did need to be left alone with my thoughts. And because this was not a crisis situation in the sense of like a decision had to be made now or something needed to happen right now, I was just driving. So I I had permission to do that. It was okay for me to be lost in my thoughts for an hour while I'm driving. We were four hours away. Right. I know it was four hours away. My point is that it only took me an hour. Oh, got it, yeah. You know, I needed I needed that one hour to be lost in my thoughts while I'm just driving. And then once I got the phone call from my parents who had gone to meet the police officer and she starts giving me all the, no, they only broke the glass. They didn't touch the wood. This is what it looks like. This is what they did. You know, she starts giving me all the details. That's when I was like, Okay, now I can take action. Now I have something to work with and I can move forward. Right. So I feel like that response was a definite growth response from the shutdown that I had experienced when we ran out of water. So right. it was it was encouraging to see, okay, I think that I am better equipped to handle a crisis mm-hmm. than I was back then. That's always encouraging. But well, it goes back to our aphorisms. So, 
feel free to go back and listen to our aphorisms and podcast. But one of them is, you know, practice as if. Um, mm-hmm. And and we talk about, it, I mean, we use that term all the time, and that is anytime we're doing something that, um, like, we want to be constantly engaging and practicing our, our minds and our bodies and our spirits, to, uh, exercising them so that there is growth. You right. Know? Um, part of it is, uh, you know, on an H, let's say, um, you know, going back to the water thing, um, one of the ways you can practice as if and get yourself mentally and physically prepared mm-hmm. to endure that is to shut turn, off the water turn the water off and do some drills do a day drill where you don't have any water yeah and you see what it's like to turn on the faucet and nothing happens right you know i'm, I'm putting out a video too here when we were camping that i film when we we're camping why why camping is great preparedness practice you know mm-hmm. it's it's good practice as if because it gets you out of your normalcy out of your comfort zone you know and right. you're practicing how to live on less right you know? uh, really one of the biggest things that pushes people over into um, their emotional capacity is getting out of their comfort zones yeah out of their basic out of their base their their routine and what they're comfortable with and when people create for themselves very small worlds mm-hmm. where they're only comfortable in certain if this is going right and this is going right and this is like everything has to be just so in order for me to feel comfortable, then the smallest crisis is going to tip them over into either panic mode or complete shutdown. Right. And so this is a good transition into we are surrounded by natural training opportunities to expand our emotional capacity all the time, all the time. especially if you're a parent. Yeah. If you are a parent, you have built in opportunities every single day to expand your emotional capacity if you can learn to look for them and use them to train yourself. Yeah. So children are people. They are born persons. Yes. We know this. Okay. Children are immature. Mm-hmm. We are all children who have learned how to hide things behind maturity (laughs) (laughs) and so in a crisis for a lot of people their their inner child comes out yeah and you've got to deal with that Mm -hmm. okay so a lot of us early on myself included any of us are guilty of this and that is to constantly be working on averting the crisis right. as opposed to properly responding to the crisis responding processing right. dealing with it doing and in, Amer- and in western culture we're <clears throat> great at averting cultures because it's really easy to spend money and get out of a crisis right you know, right super easy to do that right from convenience foods to you know we live the, one of the most comfortable lifestyles, which I think is awesome. I'm not, de- you know, I'm not saying it's bad and we shouldn't do No, that. I know you're not demonizing it, but the reality is that it makes it very difficult. We are soft. Yeah. As a culture and as people, we are very soft. And we, we are a little delicate and fragile little flowers. Right. You know, when you compare us to... Our grandparents. It, yeah, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, even ago. other cultures in the yeah. world... We're pretty delicate, right. and so except part- those Gen Xers, we're we're pretty awesome. We figured <laughs> we figured it out, us latchkey kids. <laughs> so part of <laughs> part of the training that you can put yourself under is 
you know, I'm not saying go out and find a crisis. Don't invent crises, no, please. You no, know, don't, don't do that, that to try to make your to try to beef yourself up. Right. Now, at the same time, you can create them in a sense of I'm putting on a backpack and I'm going out into the wilderness for four days. You can synthesize in that you way. Know, yeah. yeah, you mm-hmm. can you can recreate, right. sure. if you will, like that. But um, going back to children for just a minute. Mm-hmm. If you can learn how to, and of course, I mean, we could have an, a whole other podcast just on this subject, but if you can, if you spend time in learning how to help your children work through their, their relational problems with the, between each other, between you, um, teach them, you know, social training, mm-hmm how to how to handle things when things don't go their way how to respond when dinner's yucky um how to be how to serve when someone is hurt Mm -hmm. or is sick and serving them and how to do that um you know specifically to what you're talking about it's something you know that i've I've spoken about with lots of other dads you know i I, I try to do a lot of encouraging of other dads as um because you know being a mom and being a dad is hard work and sometimes it's a thankless job uh but this is something that i've the lord has directly dealt with in my own life so i've you know and it's resonated really well with a lot like say your brothers and and other people that men that i've spoken with and that is the the distinct difference between reacting to something and responding to something right okay and react a a reaction is a pure gut level emotional Mm -hmm. it's a a purely emotional response that leaves you on your heels not thinking properly Mm -hmm. and not considering the the outcome first and how it's going to affect both parties in the relationship Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but responding is a slower more methodic process that engages the mind and the spirit and puts the relationship with the people before just say fixing the problem correct right so we can either choose to react to something Mm -hmm. or learn and teach ourselves in these in all of the things you're talking about when whether we're because it's really easy as parents to to be by the end of a day when you're dealing with say like you know the terrible twos or threes or whatever just to to start do a lot of blame and self-pity be like oh just He's not a good kid or they're not a good kid or they're just being. I don't understand why you're always having to make my life so hard and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But the reality is those are built in opportunities. That's reacting. Yes, that is reacting. And these are built in opportunities in your life to expand your emotional capacity Mm -hmm. and and begin to learn how to respond. Yes, because if you can learn how to respond to your children that way trust me i've 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 been watching it happening in my own life Mm -hmm. you can respond to other people better Mm -hmm. instead of reacting to them Mm -hmm. and you can also respond in a crisis instead of reacting to it because it becomes a habit instead of making it a habit to just react ah you know about everything you are methodically learning how to wait a minute I'm thinking through this. And at first, it will take you forever. If you're not used to it, it'll take you forever. Well, I remember, I remember early on when we were starting to understand this. So, you know, and look, we are we are Christians. We are, we are believers. We believe in mm-hmm. God, Jesus Christ, and our relationship with him and our relationship as we interact with our conscience through the Holy Spirit. So we do also a lot of, try, of depending on and trying to figure out the, uh, the proper response 
you know, as God would want us to respond. So we, we do that. But I understand that not everybody believes what we believe, mm -hmm. you know. So there are some simple practical things you can do as well, you know, outside of that. Although I will say that the biggest help I've ever had becoming the best man, husband, father, friend is, you know, my relationship with the Lord, right? Like uh, it's, it, 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 for me, it is. And I believe that that is true. And, you know, that's a lot of counsel I give people. But regardless of that, I remember early on we were wanting to tackle this. And when we were realizing, no, it's actually better to do something. It's better to tell the truth. It's better to figure this out than it is to, to not deal with it, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It could be a crisis. It could be a relational dynamic. It could be any number of things. It's better to deal with it than not deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of er a little earlier on when you're learning – how to respond instead of react, you kind of have to be uh, more self-aware. You've got to yes. do a lot of examining and being yes. honest with yourself before and not blaming anybody else. Right. Not blaming your children, not blaming your spouse, not throwing any of the responsibility on them because quite frankly, it's not their responsibility for you to respond properly. No, it really isn't. It's your responsibility yeah. for you to respond. So, you know, what I would do or what you would do, we would handle them a little differently, but like for you, I would watch and you'd be like, okay, I'm about to hit shutdown. Everything stops. You're sitting here, you know, son yep. A, mm -hmm. son B, son C, and daughter. You, everyone sit down for a minute. We all stop for a minute. I've got to figure this out for all of our sake. Yeah. Okay. You and you're, you're not even involved. You're welcome to go play. You and you, we're sitting here for a moment. And we're just going to wait for a moment. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to breathe. Yes. Okay? And in those moments, yeah. I would just sit. Sometimes I would just... Yes. Getting those emotions under control, taking deep breaths, being cal calming down right. from whatever that was, you know, and then um, for me, it was also praying. Right. And just reflecting on the whole situation. And it is absolutely astounding how it changes things to let everything breathe for a minute. Right. There's a reason why it's an old saying, count to 10. Count to, and because for me, there, be that, like, there's a reason you would be, or I would be like, all right, uh, you know, let's say Kayla, you know, my oldest and I, cause there was a time where we were butting heads and, and it was my, as the dad, I was leading in this way. Right. So we were just, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy, but I had to learn, okay, we need a break from each other for a brief moment. He needs to go to somewhere and I need to go somewhere and I need to calm down. Right. I need to remove myself from it, but I also need to be consistent enough to go back and humble enough to go back and talk it out properly. Correct. Right. So there was one time where we were just butting heads over something. It was really bad. And um, he he was upset. I would hurt his feelings. I was being a jerk. And he, he went off. And so I it gave me the opportunity to breathe, to organize my thoughts. What I actually was trying to accomplish was I was wanting to help. But I was being mm -hmm. a jerk about it, right? And so I went to the little country store, bought a little soda pop that he likes and that I like, and I went back out into the woods where he was. And I'm like, look, real men sit down and talk things out. I bought you a drink, and I'm humbling myself to tell you I'm sorry that I was being a jerk. What I was trying to do was this over, you know, over something it's giving like a little drink. Right. You know. So um, it's those times where we can train ourselves Yes, all of these, all of these things that we're talking about, these are just some of the ways that we have built-in opportunities in our lives all the time, even if to expand ourselves emotionally. Right. If you don't have children, I guarantee you work somewhere. Who is that one work coworker that just absolutely drives you insane? 
Right. You know, that is a built-in opportunity to expand your emotional capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not have children, but you might be a teacher. Right. That is another opportunity to expand your emotional mm-hmm. capacity. And you live in a neighborhood and you've got neighbors that are just drive you up the wall. Right. That's another Finding ways to responding to people instead of reacting to them. And those are yeah. just on relational. And that will translate. Those relational uh, practices will translate into crises when they happen because it'll become a habit. It'll be a habit to respond instead of react. Right. And in the long run, you will probably avoid some very serious mistakes or making poor decisions because you were in panic mode or you were shut down and you didn't, mm-hmm. you weren't able to make logical, or rational, or wise decisions about something in a crisis. You'll uh, you will dramatically reduce that happening. Yeah, the fallout from crisis. Yeah, and, and if so, you can no, work on that. Full case in point is the break in. We're gone for several days. Someone breaks into our home. They ransack it. I mean, there was canned food everywhere. Um, they. You know, it was two people they found out. It was a a guy and a girl. We still haven't found them. Uh, So they're still out there somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And they piled up lots of valuables, you know, outside the house, staged them because it looked like they were going to come back and get them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're talking TV, DVD player, surround sound, uh, most of my firearms, you know, the, 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 like. Yeah, we're talking serious stuff. I mean. Yeah, exactly. And thankfully, so, so here's what I'm getting at is learning. We're not still not perfect at it. Trust me. I panicked and you got angry and I got angry, but because we do attempt to at least to practice what we preach. Um, and we do it consistently and often throughout most of our life. Cause this last two weeks have been a whirlwind. I mean, we got broken into, I got si- We got tested COVID positive. So now we're forced to shut down. We can't leave our home mm-hmm. right after like literally two days after, being broken into, I have right. a fever, you know, right? And and ki- kids are getting sick, and, and there's this cascading series of events. Our son has to have emergency surgery. Our son, two days, yeah, you know, then, yeah. Then just two like days one... later, I rush my oldest to the emergency room for emergency surgery because he's in a lot of pain. Right. You know, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. Suffice to say, it was sensitive surgery that had to happen fast. Mm-hmm. Right. All of in like a six seven day period, and if we 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 didn't practice these things if we didn't well if we didn't choose to honor one another in love first and foremost mm-hmm. it falls apart right so we you know as as a husband and father you know humble yourself and and make your your life's mission about serving your family not just getting what you can get out of the relationship and i know that you feel the same way about being a mom and mm-hmm. you know a wife so but regardless of that because this is something that we talk about often we attempt to exercise often we come up against often and we and are we now we intentionally like okay we're gonna figure this out it made the the cleanup time if you will the the react the response time mm-hmm. less and easier to deal with oh yeah and and now our mind are open to things not like living in fear oh being constantly afraid that somebody's about to break in and being constantly afraid that we're gonna be sick or we're gonna do this or we're gonna do that no. but yeah, yeah it no. enabled us to think to go okay well, now we know we've got some holes in our security game. Right. What do we need to do? Right. How, what are inexpensive? Because we're not made of money. You know, our, our finances are super, are spread super thin with COVID because everything. And so now I'm like, okay, trying to have conversation about, okay, well, what can we do to make our house a little less appealing to criminals? 
okay, well, we can do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. I can do this for free. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you start, and then you start thinking clearly and you can respond well and continue building and continue moving forward without paranoia, without fear, without victim mentality and continue being proactive so that doesn't happen again. Right. Because you're looking at it through the lens of an opportunity. Right. These are opportunities. And as a Christian, I believe that nothing happens to me that's outside of of God's omnipotence, Mm -hmm. you know, which just his sovereignty of being an almighty God. And so instead of looking at what's happening to me as this horrible thing and it's so unfair and life is so unfair and I can't believe this happened to me, the victim mentality and going into Mm self-pity, which never, ever, ever gets you anywhere you want to be. Right. It just makes it worse. Ever. Right. Instead of looking, I'm looking at, okay, these are opportunities. This is an opportunity for us to learn, Mm -hmm. to grow to patch up some holes in our game, Mm -hmm. to uh, be challenged in how, even just in expanding our emotional capacity, getting bigger and learning how to navigate things that happen to you that are unexpected, unplanned, and what are we going to do? And and it's an opportunity to stop and reflect as well and choose gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Thank God they didn't get away with everything, right? Thank you that, uh, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, you're sp- super spiritual or not, does it, you can choose to gratitude be thankful. and yeah. thankful for to be thankful. what, you, you what know, could have happened. Right. Yes, we, we, we got COVID. We tested positive for COVID. Yeah. But it was, for us, it was like a mild cold. Yeah. And so we're choosing to be thankful for that because I've read the stories and I've seen how other people are responding to this illness and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that in the grand scheme of things, I mean, yes, they did take cash, you know, the criminals, the burglars did. So they got away with some cash. They got away with cash, cash. but they, they didn't take anything else. They didn't get your firearms. They didn't take, you know, they were thwarted by a neighbor. And so thank you, neighbor. Thank you that they didn't get away with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you that the surgery went well and everything was fine. Um, thank you, you know, like you're saying, yes, focusing on gratitude, being thankful. Um, and I wanted to kind of tack on to that mm-hmm. as part of the emotional capacity discussion is um, it is really important that if you have been running from something emotionally, that you start dealing with it yeah. as part of your preparedness game. Because if you have issues with your family of origin, if you have issues because of your childhood and, uh, you know, I've got all, uh, if you have issues in your marriage and you and your spouse are just not, you know, you've got relational dynamic that's far from healthy. Um, all of this stuff is going to exacerbate a crisis. It's going to make a crisis nearly impossible to deal with. And it's going to make it last ridiculously long and the fallout's going to be significantly greater. Right. So we're just seeing, we're seeing this in, in the COVID lockdowns. Right. Because as soon as people started having to spend time with each other in their homes, Mm -hmm. the divorce rate started going through the roof. That's tragedy, people. That's sad. That means that their relationships were unhealthy. They were sick to begin with. And then at, when a crisis hit, and they were forced to all be in one location. They did not know how to get together 
or how to Mm -hmm. get along with one another relationally, they probably didn't really know each other because of leading separate lives and doing their own thing. Like now we're forced, you know, forced to deal with or forced to, you know, educate our children or be with our children more. So yeah, now I'm stuck with my kids. Drinking went up, divorce went up, all of these things. All that means is that these relations, these relationships were not as healthy as they could have been before the crisis hit. And all the crisis did was just expose what was going on. So it don't underestimate in a preparedness. You know, yes, you need water, you need food, you need all these things. But part of your preparedness game needs to be strengthening and building your relationships. Because if a crisis, no, no, when a crisis hits, when a crisis hits, what you're actually made of is going to come full blown out for everybody to see. And you don't want to be the person that everyone else is grabbing by the arms and dragging off set because you're a liability. You want right. to be an asset. You want right. to be an asset in a crisis. Right. You not know, a liability. I, right. And that, you know, it starts with our most intimate relationship, our marriage and our children, and then goes out from there. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, am I wanting to serve? Am I wanting to make it make it better? Okay, look, to not be judgy McJudgersons on people who are in, you know, terrible awful you know stress laden situations right now uh please hear from us that we want this to be actually a call to arms an encouragement yes Um, use it please please instead of you know change your mindset change your mind mindset regarding this and instead of just thinking of it as oh this terrible thing that's happening to me and now i'm at odds with my husband or my wife and my children to 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 change your mindset to use it as an opportunity to get bigger and 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 be the person so Part of that frustration is your spirit, your soul, or your deep, or we'll call it your subconscious mind, realizing something is not right. Right. Mm-hmm. It is wrong. And, and it makes you upset, you know? So maybe hear our words and realize, okay, maybe I can start to identify some of the things that are a little off and start working on them so that they don't have to be that way. Right. Find you know? a counselor if you need Absolutely. to. Find people who can help you navigate this and who yeah. can help you expand and get better, be- uh, bigger. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's very messy. It's ugly. It's difficult. Uh, it it's, is. It's, it's challenging. It's, it's really difficult. It's, you know, you have to get really, really good at repenting at and apologizing. Honest and being honest and being humble um, and learning how to also forgive and um, give grace and, you know, all of these things. Right. But, you know, again, we could talk about this we could, ex- and I'm gonna, incessantly. I'm going to equate it to this and we'll segue out of the emotional part of it and into mm-hmm. the, the physical part. Physical, I mean physical fitness and health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so similar to what we've been talking about, responding and exercising your mind and your spirit – you know, I, the way to wrap your brain around all that is physically to do is to understand that it's actually no different than what you do with your physical body when you're getting healthy. Right. Yes. You put mm-hmm. your body under <laughs> controlled stress. Mm-hmm. Right. So you put your muscles under some controlled stress to build them up. You put your body under some controlled eating stress. And I'm not talking about extreme diets or things like that, but um, to discipline yourself. And I'm yeah, even so just bad at this. Basic restriction. I'm, you know? I, you know, I'm not going to eat junk food anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be addicted to junk food or, you know, addicted to caffeine or sugars or things like that. And I'm manning up. You know, this is something that I struggle with and I'm working on. I'm getting better and better at it. Um, but. You got to realize that you're in this position, be identify it, be honest about it, and then be proactive and do something about it, right? Yes, and that is what you need. That is 
That's what you're saying you need to do with your emotional, your emotional emotional capacity be intentional is the same, is the same way. You know, you must, right. And you have to recognize I'm going to feel sore. I'm going to feel tired. This is going to make me feel like, like, Oh, I don't like the way that this feels. I feel like stressed out, you know, or I feel uh, just exhausted, emotionally exhausted all the time. Well, that's because you're pushing against your limits. Mm -hmm. And just like when you get, physically exhausted from lifting weights or running and you're super sore when you haven't been working out for a while, you've got to push past that and you'll get stronger and you'll just continue getting stronger as you continue. I want to say one more thing before we go into the physical aspect. And that's just this nifty little tip that I found that I use occasionally Mm -hmm. um, when I'm pushing up again, when I feel like I'm starting to approach my limits again, this is, I've, trained myself to be very self-aware and so I know what it feels like when I start approaching my limits and so when I start approaching my limits and I actually got this I don't know if Navy SEALs actually do this but the internet said they do okay awesome so (laughs) but I found it to be helpful I found it to be helpful Mm -hmm. and that is to physically stop yes if you need to take everyone around you who's under your care, you know, either you remove yourself, make your kids sit down, whatever it is, make the environment be still for a minute. And then you close your eyes and you visualize in your mind a box, a 3D box. Mm-hmm. Like a cube. Like a cube. Okay. Yes. And in your mind, you picture yourself at the top of one corner. And you take a deep breath, and as you're breathing in, actually, I'm sorry, you start at the bottom corner of the box, and as you're breathing in, you are imagining going up the side of the box, and as you're breathing out, you are going down across diagonally to the the other other corner corner of the box. And then you do it again. You... You breathe into the top of the box and then you go down diagonally to the other side. And you do that all the way around this imaginary box. And it works. It, get, it, it works. Yeah. I think that it has something to do with bringing your heart rate down. Okay. So. And it's also, it's focusing your, you know, your mind's eye is focusing on this very simple and slow task. It's supposed to take four seconds. You're supposed to allow four seconds in between going through the diagonal. And so, and then going up and four seconds across. Mm -hmm. And and just that rhythmic. What you're doing is you're controlling your breathing. Mm -hmm. So my other buddy who we're going to have on the channel at some point, he's going to come to the house and help us with some security things, um, is a Marine. And he said, and they, and your brothers, I've talked about this with your brother who's army, um, and who's an officer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and combat training, blah, blah, Anyway. And then talking with, uh, Josh Canalora, dietitian, workout guru. Um, when we talk about, you know, putting your body through physical things and your mind through physical things and, and across the board, when you start reading about physical fitness, mental fitness, you know, mental toughness and spiritual is is the idea of controlling your breathing. Mm-hmm. Controlling your breathing um, is actually then releases whatever chemicals are necessary and calms you enough um, to have you thinking clearly. Just right. that alone. 
Right. It's the very beginning mm-hmm. is controlling your breathing. They teach UFC fighters this. Um, they teach police officers this. They teach military this. Workout gurus this. Um, spiritual gurus, you know, religious, new age spiritual gurus. And even um, even biblically when you're, you know, you know uh, praying is to just breathe deep and and good right. cleansing breaths, yes. right? And for me personally, when I'm going down that four-second mm-hmm. diagonal, I have some very specific verses from the Bible mm-hmm. that I recite to myself. And it's just mentally. It's yeah. all in my mind. I don't actually say anything out loud, so although I'm sure you could. Right? It yeah. could be a form of meditation. And so this process that I'm describing mm-hmm is super practical it's not hard to do at all and it's really really helpful it really works when you start getting to that because by the time i make it around to the other side of the box i've i'm it's like i open my eyes and okay we're gonna do this Mm -hmm. yeah and it just kind of centers for a second so that your brain steps out of panic mode or out of shutdown mode and into engagement with, okay, this is what needs to be done. This is what right. needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Yeah, it, it it actually helps mitigate your adrenaline spikes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so now I want to move into the physical components. Yeah, physical and um, health and wellness. Yeah. You know. And really there's, I mean, there's a 10 that could be set on this, just like the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, harp on it for too long because I know we've taken a long time talking about emotional capacity. Well, for mind, body, but and spirit, everything's connected. They influence yes, each other. they do. Um, and, they, and they all are similar. They're similar in how you respond to them. Yes. And so physical limits, pushing against your physical capacity. Mm -hmm. This is pretty straightforward. I mean, you're not going to be able to carry a hurt person if you, if you're not winded walking up the stairs, right? You're, you're just not, you know, that that's just the reality of it. If I have to, um, this isn't, Hey, no, no case in point. I took Liam hunting. Okay. So there's the importance of learning how to, you know, harvest your own food, whether it be vegetables. And, and so I took Liam out hunting. And we shot a really large pig. Mm-hmm. It took everything we had to get this 230-pound pig into the back of my truck. Right. I'm a 45-year-old man. And now Liam's, what, 14, um, and he's just starting to grow grow into himself. But it took everything we had to deadlift 200 and damn near 250 pounds into mm-hmm. the back of the truck. Well, imagine if I had to do that repeatedly. Right. Because people were hurt. Right. You know, you know, I'm I'm um, some sort of natural disaster has hit your neighborhood or something like that. And you're trying to be a part of the rescue team. Well, if you're not physically fit, mm-hmm. you're going to have a heck of a time being of any use. Uh, being a um, helping, serving. Yeah. Partner, being you know, able being serve. able to help, being able to serve. Um, and so and with hunting as well, we've talked before about, you know, when we lived out on our property, um, which we don't live there anymore. But when we did, if we had to hike, hike in, whoops, to get water. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you know how heavy water is? Water's heavy. It's like eight it's like eight gallon. pounds a gallon. Right. So I'm carrying what am I going to carry Two five gallon buckets of water a mile back from the stream where it was yeah so that's 40 not that's gonna 80 happen pounds, 80 pounds of water not gonna happen i was not in any physical i'm not now in any physical condition to carry right. 80 pounds of water a mile 
down. So that's just one example. I mean, obviously that's a little bit more of an extreme example, but it's still an example of, um, overestimating. Don't overestimate. Well, actually this would be under, don't underestimate how important it is that you are in good physical condition. Um, so that you, you don't really know until you put yourself through the physical test. No, no, you really don't. That's and so, so that's why part, I, I believe that every preparedness minded person should have a workout routine, exercise routine and rhythm going. Um, I lost mine when we moved here back in March right. and COVID hit and, I never was able to pick it back up again, but it's on my list of things to start doing next week. And I'm really excited about that. I'm expecting to be very sore. I'm expecting to be tired. I'm expecting to not feel super hot for a while because I know that that's what happens. But I'm really looking forward to the increased stamina you you sleep better i mean the benefit you you can do a basic google search and find all of the benefits to just yeah being working out and and you're and you're being physically healthy too with your right. diet and eating you know, yes taking the right eating well whatever it is um, eating well keeping you know, yourself in physical regardless of what we good shape believe regardless of what side of the fence you're on politically you know regardless of uh, what information you're choosing to run with on say on COVID. Right. Because mm-hmm. like it or not, we talk about social media, we talk about the news, we talk about regular media, we talk about doctors, we talk about all of these things. There's so much information out there that it's – I mean, there's so much conflicting information. No one – it feels like no one really knows what the crap is going on, right? Right. But there are some things that if, if you really start researching uh, and you're willing to get through some of the muck, one of the reoccurring patterns is one of the best way – to defend yourself against COVID is not necessarily the mass. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily the, the isolation, although there's studies that say that that works or studies say it doesn't. But across the board, doctors will agree. It's just people don't like hearing this. It's not sexy. That being healthy, eating healthy foods. Who knew that being healthy was the best defense against fit, an illness? Physically healthy <laughs> is the best deterrent yeah. you have for any sickness or any virus. At all, regardless of whether it's pandemic, um, regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's the flu, regardless of whether it's whatever, you know, bacterial infection that you can get, strep throat, mm-hmm. whatever it is, being healthy. And once again, I'm not perfect at this. I'm trying very hard. It's another reason why I've started this channel so I can be accountable to myself yeah. and other people in doing this. I'm good. Uh, w- same thing you're doing. I've begun researching the type of working out I can do um, that's practical too preparedness like um i want to do workouts that are functional fitness like mm-hmm. being able to pick things up uh, properly being able mm-hmm. to haul things being able to carry things being able to have good range of motion and and have good dexterity to be efficient i'm not just trying to bulk up i want to have um stamina you know, right things right. like that but being healthy and working on that and being intentional Mm-hmm. on the food that you're putting in your body, which is why I think it's so important that you learn how to harvest your own food. It mm-hmm. makes you understand what you're actually putting in your body. Right. You know, it makes you understand what, what it's like, what where all that meat under wrapped in cellophane actually comes from, and it makes it more valuable to you, and it makes it more mm-hmm. valuable what you're actually putting in your body and how you're using it. If you're trying to grow a garden and you realize how difficult it is, it actually makes the fact that there's vegetables for a dollar a pound on the shelf on a grocery store really valuable. Mm-hmm. You realize how valuable they are, so then you start taking a little bit more seriously what you're putting into your body. 
you know, and and so be work even if it's a little do something. Yeah, do something. That that's the point. Walk is do every something. Morning. I understand that Walk 10 and minutes not a day. everybody it, there are a lot of people with health conditions that maybe genetic conditions, they feel like they have no control over those or um, other, you know, maybe you have to take medications for certain things that you can't do anything about. You know, we have several Mm -hmm. friends who are diabetic and they have to take insulin. If they don't take insulin, they will die. Right. Okay. And that, and that is, that is unfortunate. And I, you know, I, it's, I'm, I know it's a source of frustration for them, but even for that, part of their preparedness is being as healthy as they possibly can be right. for exactly. their condition, for where they're at. They they want to be as healthy as they can. And at the same time, their preparedness um, regimen, if you will, mm-hmm. needs to keep that in mind. You know, what happens if the supply of insulin gets disrupted for some reason? They need to be prepared for that. If right. there's a natural disaster, you know, I'm not even talking about, you know, what is it called? WWOL or whatever. The raw like, situation. Shit, it's, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not even talking about you those kinds of there. like. Beat me out. <laughs> you, you, I'm not even talking about those kinds right. of like extreme prepper scenarios. Hey, I, I don't, this, the, the COVID thing has changed the game for us preppers because I have pictures that I'm going to put on another episode of going to the grocery store. Yeah. And there's zero meat in the entire cabinet. Nothing was on the shelf. nothing on the shelves. Right. Okay. Yes, people went and panic bought, but now we're also seeing shortages because manufacturing slowed down or shut down in many cases. Mm -hmm. When I talk about manufacturing, I mean talking about manufacturing of canned goods, of meat markets. Uh, of you know the cattle industry sl- came to a creeping halt. The chicken industry came to a screeching right. halt, which is going to disrupt the supply chain over long periods of time, and that'll be a whole other thing I do as well. But it, now it's not far fetched. We've actually our country, Western culture, has actually watched as the shelves were cleared off of things, and th- and some of it was even just perspective, like not perspective, but perceived. It wasn't even as much of a threat, a right. immediate threat. I mean, an immediate, immediate threat acute yeah. threat, right? Yeah. And it, and it still, was, you know, there was an article I read called Nine Meals to Chaos. And this is, goes back to, you know, come full circle with the water thing. It wasn't until after three days. That third day mark seems yeah, to be Yeah, there's something this, about the third day. Right, and nine meals to chaos like, means, you know, oh, okay. you got three meals in a day. Mm-hmm. That's by three days. If there's no food on the shelves in the grocery stores, by about three days, people start to panic over what the, where their panicking. next meals are going to come they from. They reach their emotional capacity. Right. Right, exactly. You know, especially if you're utterly and completely dependent on the modern modern city supply chain. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to say most country folk aren't. Most country folk, you know, I mean, there's a song, you know, country country boy can survive, you know, about running a trot line. What's his name? The country song. My buddy. I don't listen to country music. I've heard it a million times from him, but it's one of the Hank Williams's, I believe. Everyone leave comments below if you know it is whatever. Anyway, um. Country folk actually are a little less effective because they're already kind of salt of the earth and used to dealing with things on their own, to, you know, dealing with their own trash. And But if you're in a suburban area or an, or an urban area, this is going to be a little bit more challenging for you to consider this mm-hmm. and put into practice. I know for me it has. When we lived in the country on, 50, what, 14 acres, I was naturally physically more fit mm-hmm. because I was working my property. It was a chore just to walk from one end of the property to the other. 
Right. You know, but right. now that I live in That's the city, I've become a little anymore. bit more sedent, sed, sed, sedentary. Sedent, sedentary. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm gaining weight easier. And so now I'm having to work harder. Be more I'm having to invent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm having to invent ways to physically duplicate what I was naturally doing when we lived on property. Right. Right. But what I want to say about the people with health conditions and the ill and, you know, and medications is that needs to be part of your um, preparedness regimen. You know, you need to you need to have what am I going to do if this supply chain gets disrupted? And, you know, is it possible? I, I know that doctors won't always give extra um, they won't allow you to mm-hmm. have extra medications yeah. depending on the medication and stuff like that. But if it's possible for you to have extra mm-hmm. so that you can have an extra, even if it's just an extra week, you know, if something gets disrupted and you can't get a hold of it or something happens and the pharmacy shuts down and you can't get a hold of what you need, do you have something, even if it's just a week mm-hmm. supply to buy you some time? Right. Because, you know, until things hopefully would kind of come back and you'd be able to get a hold of some. And we're, that that is specifically about things that are life-threatening, right. life or yeah. life-saving medications. But if you're on medications that are not life-saving, I would really encourage you to talk with your doctor start or research. S- research or do what you can to try to start getting off that stuff mm-hmm. because – Number one, you'll probably be healthier for it if you start yeah. addressing the actual root causes of things and Instead not just, just the symptoms. Um, but also, you won't you won't have to rely upon that particular um, substance in order to function. Right. And if something happens and that substance goes away, then you just become a lump on a log, and that's not that's not helpful. So some of the common ones, the ones I'm just going to, I'm just going to call them out right now is if you smoke, you need to stop. You need to quit. Do whatever you can to quit. Because number one, you're going to be physically better off. There's no argument on the face of the planet that's going to say otherwise. So physically you're going to be better off. The thing is your lungs are one of the organs that actually can rebuild themselves. Oh, okay. Right? It's my understanding. I'm completely wrong. But you can regain some lung capacity. I'm sure you probably can. You know what? Maybe I have to research. Go ahead and do your own research on that. But that's what I thought. I'm not a doctor. Well, regardless, either way, Mm -hmm. you will be better off if you stop. We do know that. And um, so one. For me, it was caffeine. Well, hold on. I'll get to that one in a minute. But but yes, if Mm -hmm. if you deal with. If you deal with that, number one, you'll be physically better off. You'll be in a better physical uh, shape mm-hmm. and be more physically fit to to run, to do these things without gasping and, you know, clutching your chest for air because you can't breathe. Right. But also, um, I mean, have you ever been around a smoker who can't get a hold of cigarettes? <laughs> I have, because yeah, I and smoke for I, at the beginning of, the beginning of our marriage. Th- th- those are the last people I want to be around in a crisis. Oh, I can man. tell you that. <laughs> no joke. No joke. They are belligerent. They are irritable. They are just downright nasty and unpleasant to be around. Right. And 
if I'm in a crisis, if there's a natural disaster going on or any any mm-hmm. crisis around and they can't get a hold of cigarettes and they start doing their shaky thing and their snappy thing and freaking out thing and yeah. like they're going to be carted off out of the situation while the rest of us make rational decisions about what needs to be done. Right. And the same is true with caffeine. So that's for me. It was because yeah. I drank limitless amounts of caffeine. Right. I mean, it was just pots of coffee a day um, for mm-hmm. a long, long, long time growing up in the, you know, the northeast mid-atlantic area with cold anyway it just be a habit of having coffee sure yeah um yeah ca- coffee is a huge habit yeah. for a lot of Addic- people addic- and you know it, it is you're addicted to yeah it is an addiction on, so if on. you require a cup of coffee to function in the morning if you require a cup of coffee to function in the afternoon yeah. then the chances are very likely that if you can't get a hold of that you're not going to be able to think clearly right. in a crisis in in a, during a flood during a fire during you know tornado comes through do, mm-hmm. you know and any number of things that are real life could actually happen that yeah that does any happen number to of people, things when we talk about it's an added stress it's unnecessary right so what i do i i weaned myself off and i got unaddicted to caffeine and now i just drink decaf yeah you which know? yes it's true it doesn't taste the same and you but know I still get and people morning, make fun I of him for it ritual, but but i'm not you know but to, to him but for him the the payoff in a preparedness sense is worth it. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, I just he enjoy it as, a, it as a routine thing. Right. That, you know, I, it, it's not, I can go days or whatever. With, I, I do go without it. In fact, right. when I'm at work, I barely, I don't drink coffee. I only drink it when I'm at home. Right. So I know this has gone extremely long. Oh, I, yeah. you know, hopefully it, it hasn't uh, bored anybody to tears. But uh, the last it's thing, super important. It is really important. And the last thing I wanted to just bring up is our intellectual limits, our yes. knowledge base limits, mm-hmm. and that is really it. It's important because. You want to be, I know that if you're listening to this and if you have any sort of desire for preparedness, you want to be helpful. Yeah. You want to, um, you don't want to be, like I mentioned earlier, you don't want to be a liability in a stressful, uh, situation. stressful situation or in a crisis or in a tragedy or any of those natures. You don't want to be a liability. You want to be an asset. Right. And so we talk about, we want to be an asset for ourselves, where we're not relying on other people to feed us, clothe us, save us, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Right. So we want to be an asset in that way. But we also want to be an asset to help others who are in need. If I need to go over to my neighbor's house because it's on fire, I want to be able to, you know, physically help in whatever way I can, right. uh, whether that's you know, grunt labor or that's uh, cooking meals and or sometimes. But when you talk about the intellectual, sometimes too, it, it, it translates into um, your the, the knowledge that you do have. So the, the, that's the more what I mean. That's where I'm going. Math, right. Right. That's so that's where I'm going with it. So the don't. I would encourage you, well, number one, just as a person, we are we are designed to learn. Yes. Okay? Don't get me started on education. But we are, as persons, we are created, designed to always be learning and growing and expanding ourselves intellectually. Right. And so if there's a skill that you find interesting that is useful to preparedness, which I think almost anything can be, right. then – Grow and develop that skill so that you have something of use to offer 
when there's a crisis or an emergency. Um, My mom is a seamstress. She loves to sew. And at first she was like, well, I don't really... I don't really know anything. Like I don't have anything to bring to the preparedness game. You know, I'm not. And I said, you know how to sew. That's a huge skill of, um, you can make clothes and she does. She can make clothes. She can do. And for people who want masks, she's making masks. She's making masks for that kind, you know, for that need. There's a lot of needs that can be met through sewing a lot. And so that's what she provides. And that would be a useful skill that she can then in a really serious situation, she could trade for other right. things. I will right. make this for you for this meat or eggs or these other things that I don't know how to grow. You know, I might not know how to hunt, but I can trade my sewing for meat. Right. Or, um, you know, or yeah, like you're saying, understanding basic physics, mm-hmm. math, um, math came into play even chemistry and understanding you know um you know once again a basic cursory understanding of well quite frankly of of how our governmental system actually works as opposed to you know right that'll eliminate a lot of fear right there because you know you might you might look at um you know fred schmed that just got elected and be like oh my god he's gonna do xyz but if you understand executive branch of government yeah if you understand how our government functions then your fears will be a little alleviated by like okay he can't do that i know he said he was but he can't right you know or i mean it would take a huge deal in order for that to happen and so the chances are lower you know just understanding probability and risk and political turmoil right now and it's almost all warranted to some degree by somebody but yeah and so read cultivate a love of you know a love of your of languages you know our, right. our oldest our oldest son actually has a huge love of languages so he's teaching himself a bunch of different languages spanish being i think the highest second language is that right yeah absolutely i mean if you want uh, being bilingual right. is going to immediately add a huge use component um, when you can communicate with other people across cultures, yeah, yeah across cultures um, or language barriers or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah or language barriers. Or Thank you, culture. yeah. But being able to communicate, learn how to communicate well in English for crying out loud, Absolutely. especially in a crisis where it's your natural communication abilities are going to kind of go out the window. And when I say me personally, when I say what you're saying, learn how to communicate in English, please. What I mean, me personally, I'm telling you, Josh here. What I mean is leave, stop communicating on Facebook, stop communicating through text, stop, stop communicating through bullet point social media and actually have conversation with people face to face or on the phone. Yeah, I will say this. Practice okay, speaking look, to somebody. Look, I'm an introvert by nature. Okay, so I'm speaking to all of the introverts out there. I understand the appeal of all of these things that you just knit. You're an extrovert, so you don't understand. Right. No, I don't. I do. I understand them. It is way easier to shoot someone a text than to give them a call. It is way easier to order stuff online than it is to go into the store and deal with a person and explain your needs. And I get it. But I, the problem I, is it's way easier to mouth off behind a keyboard without any repercussion than it is to give your belief system to another person. Yes, that's very person. true. That's very true. It's a completely different dynamic. But anyway, yeah. the point that, that I'm making is that 
if you are an introvert like me, you have to be very intentional about forcing yourself to communicate with others. Find someone who's really good at communicating. Mm -hmm. Make friends with them. Yeah. Or, or if you have a friend who's already a good, solid communicator, get with them so, and just practice. Yeah, I don't want to interrupt, but um, to go full circle, we'll bring it full circle now. Mm -hmm. um, and this is part of the practice as if, if it's challenging you, mm -hmm. find somebody who you trust, mm -hmm. who's a talker, and who you, you even might even might be a little jealous of. Maybe because of, of how they communicate with people and or you might or you admire them or you just like the way to end form a relationship with them and have conversation. Just go to coffee, buy them coffee once a week and, you know, just ask them questions, you mm -hmm. know, and do put it put in the work necessary, the small amount of work to stretch yourself in in that yes. or in that way. In that it, arena. Yes. Put if you're faced with the option of either of either emailing a person or calling the business, call them. Call them so that you can get used to talking to that person, mm -hmm. introducing yourself. Hi, my, my name is Ben. I, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need, you know, and getting used to yeah. communicating with your words. Right. Opening your mouth. Yeah. Instead of bullet point text, you know, yeah. with poor grammar and not real words. How and are you? How, and no punctuation. And no punctuation oh. and half-spelled words. Oh, I'm just going to say it. It makes people look dumb. So, And I'm terrible. And they could be the most intelligent person on the planet. Yes. But as soon as that stuff comes out. I am terrible out, at spelling and punctuation. Oh. So that's another reason why I don't like shooting text. I'd rather just talk to you <laughs> and not have to worry. I'm so slow at it. And I just it's cumbersome to me. I anyway. I'm already against it. But so so go full circle. Yeah. Go full circle. Three areas. Is, yes. Emotional capacity. Physical health and wellness limits mm -hmm. and your intellectual and knowledge yeah. base. Which is mind, body, spirit. Yes. You know, in general. Uh, and welcome, welcome the challenges. Don't fight them. Don't, you know, don't don't feel like, a, leave the victim mentality behind and start, change your mindset. Start realizing that these are, you know, either A, life is happening for you. Um, or B, even if it's happening to you and at you, um, that you can rise above and meet you the challenges. You can rise above. You can rise above. People, this is why we love Cinderella stories. Yes. This is why sure. we love them. The rags to riches story. Everyone gets so pumped and they cheer and we're so excited for them because it is possible to rise above. It doesn't matter what kind of family you were born into. It doesn't matter what kind of physical limitations you deal with. It doesn't matter right. what situations are happening in your life around you. You can learn. You can grow. You can rise above yeah. all of those things to become farther along than where you are now. Yeah. And if you believe that you can't, I'll leave you with this. Henry Ford said, if you believe that you can or you believe that you can't, you're right. We believe that you have what it takes and what's in you to even start small. Start baby step. Go back to and listen to our aphorism, you know, one and where we're talking about I keep saying mantras and our philosophies. Don't take don't bite off more than you start small. Mm -hmm. Start working start on these small. things. You know, it could be just as simple as telling somebody you love them every day to do like 
start small in any one of these arenas. Um, if you need any help or advice, you can contact us at, you know, reasonablyprepared at gmail.com. Just email us and we'll, we'll, you know, do our best to get back in contact with you. If there's anything you want us to do a podcast on or create content on, let me know. We want to do that. And I want to let you know once again to go to reasonablyprepared.com, buy our stuff because it does help us out to do that. And uh, we want to say thank you for listening and hope this blesses you and hopes that this helps. Yes. Have a great day. Awesome.